If she closes her eyes, she can almost pretend things are normal. She's been a creative thinker for at least as long as she's known those words weren't quite the friendly moniker they seemed. She closes her eyes and tries very hard not to think about Toby screaming, or Sage crying, or Amy. She can't think about Amy at all. But she can also pretend the sounds of her boots on the ground are rhythmic, like her father swinging a hammer, like her own heavy breathing is anything like the bellows or the fire. She can pretend the knot in her stomach is just hunger, just waiting to come back down the mountain to see what her mother has managed for dinner. If she closes her eyes, she can almost pretend. Except, except instead of the heat from the forge, from the torch, she can't stop shivering. And it isn't her back and arms that burn with a good day's labor, but her legs and her lungs. And her head. Her head hurts, too. Again. Still. And the wet she can feel in her hands, her shirt, her face. It isn't sweat. God, she wants it to be sweat. Kara opens her eyes too late to realize she'd ever closed them, feels herself go sprawling over something in the dark. She lets herself, or forces herself, to lay there a minute, feeling mud soak through her clothes, feeling Kingsley wriggle comfortingly against her neck. She tries to catch her breath and forget she is nowhere near the forge at all. It occurs to her, maybe not for the first time, she has no idea where she's going. Hadn't known when she'd thrown everything she could carry into a bag and grabbed Kingsley, Lucy, and the sword she'd made with her father before bolting into the night. She only knows she needs to get away. Not forever. Just long enough to figure things out. Long enough to fix things before she can face her family again. In a way, it's what she's always wanted. Leaving Torch for an epic adventure just like her mother had. Kira and Lucy and Parda against the world. Only Parda isn't there. And Kira can't afford to drag her best friend into the mess she's made even if it's all she wants to do. Resolved or near enough, she makes herself stand up, reaches over her shoulder to place a hand on Lucy's head for a moment before letting Kingsley crawl over her fingers. Okay, Kings. Guess it's just you and me for a while. But we'll be fine. Right? Yeah. Right. She'd made this mess. She'll clean it up. All she has to do is fix the torch. Then she can tell her mom what happened, why she wasn't thinking straight, why she'd never meant to hurt anyone. Or worse. Shaking the thought from her head, she thinks a moment before making her best guess back toward the edge of town. Things are dark and quiet with the torch out. Almost reflexively, she turns to scour the sky for it before remembering she can barely make out the silhouette of the hill anymore. She frowns, glances down at the small black scorpion on her shoulder running a finger over a pristine pink bow. It'll be just like... Just like relighting the forge with Dad. Once we do that, everything will go back to normal. It has to. This time, she almost believes it. Welcome to Pot Against the Machine. Pot Against the Machine
welcome to Pot Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play podcast so traumatized by the fight in episode 14 that they swore never to have combat again. I'm your host, Sam, and here is everyone else to awkwardly <laughs> say hello. Hi, everybody. I'm waving. Hello. Hi from the back of Sandville's 97 Buick LeSabre. Should I say specifically? Would you call that like a like a what is that a sandstone champagne? Yeah, well what I can tell you is that it is if not buttery, greasy. Is greasy a, a, a good description for leather, but it's a smooth interior in here. Uh, do you want greasy leather? I don't <laughs> Some people I don't think you do, but I <laughs> Yeah, 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 something, something, don't yuck my yum. But, you know, I didn't know I wanted anything to do with the back of yeah. this car. I could absolutely see Sandville having a greasy car. Fun, fun time. Oh. Great. <laughs> when we last left the very capable four, they took a much-deserved day off. They hung out in town, did a little shopping, ripped off their arm, made some bullets, um, made a little coupling thingy, put made a new arm out of some junk and you know just generally had a good time no light body horror and um then brixby got kidnapped uh and and don't be rude just because brixby is small he's not a kid he was he was rat now i appreciate the correct vernacular for my abduction thank you jeff <laughs> remember me well oh man uh so we're gonna open in the familiar cottage belonging to Sandville Tret. It's exactly as Brixby remembers it from yesterday morning, though perhaps the odd smells have faded away a bit from two days of being unoccupied. The merchant is crouched in front of his fireplace, hitting a small device onto the floor over and over, until finally a tiny flame pops out of the top of it. He nods with satisfaction, reaches into the fireplace, and lights the kindling with the little device. There we are. Much better. Where were we, Bricks? Um, well, you spirited me away from my day of study to tell me something important. Right. What is it, Sandville? Right, right. See, I was supposed to be getting you your money, right? I was, there was a problem. I left town in the middle of the night. Only a few of us knew about that. But I was followed all the same. Ropefists. You know who Ropefists work for, don't you? Can I roll something for this? Yeah, sure. Uh, knowledge local. Alrighty. Uh, that is, with my negative one, a 19. 12 on the die. With a 19, you know that the Rope Fists are basically the most major local gang, and they're, generally speaking, the muscle for one Garmin Ulrith, the proprietor of the Silver Disc Hall. Garmin Ulrith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting that you mentioned the rope fists because I just exchanged words with their employer at his casino, the Silver Disc Hall. What happened when these rope fists caught up with you, Sandville? I had to make some quick decisions. Evasive maneuvers to lose the tail, stash the robot in a cave where no one but me could find it, then doubled back over my own tracks. I think I covered it. I don't think they're going to find it. And they never caught up to me. I think we're safe for now. I had to skip the trip to the bank, though, since I haven't contacted my buyers yet. If 
afraid to do it with them watching us. Watching you guys, specifically. I understand. We consider it in a position of escrow at this point, stashed in a cave that only you know the location of. You should share with me this immediate moment for that to actually work. In the interim, I do not need your money. I'm sure we can find other robots, and it is important for you to take these security measures. I'll bring this bad news back to the rest of my group. That's it, Zenville. How did you know they were the rub fists? And can I roll a sense motive? Ah, uh, yeah, go for it. Okay, that is much better. That'll be a 22 after my negative one. Alright, and he seems to be on the up and up. Alright, yeah, that was only my question. I was wondering how he knew it was the rub fists, because it just seemed a little too tidy to be putting it on somebody else. Maybe I'm just a <laughs> suspicious rat. Well... Any idea how the rope fists get their names? Tie ropes around their hands. So when they punch you, it hurts more. But it doesn't leave a mark like if they were using something metal. That sounds like a certain brand of brutality that I've come to expect in our dear home of Numeria. Well, um, obscured bruises all the same. I'm glad to not see any on you, my old friend. Yeah, what? I think it's probably prudent then to just... Lay low. Like I, I said, now, let me know where the robot is, just in case something bad would happen to you, old chum. And he smiles. Uh, he gives you a, like a little bit of a suspicious look. Yeah, sure, sure. Just don't go getting any ideas. I did put down my deposit on it. He'll uh, head over to his table across the room and uh, roll out kind of dingy sheet of paper and start drawing a little charcoal map. Um, while he's doing that, says, now, uh, how well is it that you know these new friends of yours? I mean, yeah, I get it. You risk your life next to someone, that means something. Unless it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Friend, I've risked my life beside almost every sellsword, mercenary, treasure hunter, up and down this blasted dirty river. For the last three years, this is the first group that has dragged me out when I've been blind. I've been knocked out, taking shots for me. Do I trust them? Maybe. But I can tell you this is the closest I've ever been to trusting a group of strangers since I crawled out at your home. Now I'll be having that map, Zanville. He nods and he's still like scribbling away. And he says, The thing is, I don't know how Ulrith would have known that we were out there. But that, that girl... In your group. You ever ask her why she's poking around the warehouse district at night? Myself, I'd be curious about why she's haunting the same places as the, the rope fists and the rest of all its goons. And he's got something shady going on over there. He owns a couple warehouses. I see him coming and going all night. And what do you see going in and out? Oh, I, rope fists, Ulrith himself, they keep going into this one that's been, you know, meticulously boarded up to look like it's empty. People don't go into an abandoned building in the middle of the night for no reason. You sure that friend of yours isn't really on Mr. Ulrith's payroll? I have it on good confidence that if we were not constrained by the morals of good company in society, she would have reduced them to paste right in front of me. She's young. She feels everything with her heart. She hates him. Sandville. 
You normally speak so much sense. But what are you getting at? Just a theory I was kicking around. So, you know, don't get all defensive. Just worried if I keep seeing them in the same places. Maybe not at the same times, but maybe they were passing notes or something. But hey, you spent a lot more time with her than I have. I'll trust your judgment on this. I can tell you one thing. If there's anyone to blame for the attention paid to that robot that isn't the loud muffler on your 97 Buick LeSabre when you drive in and out of town, is that we dragged it right through the middle of town. Sure, we threw the dead friend blanket on it at one point, but that can only cover so much. We uh, clearly made an impression on a good number of people. There's eyes all over, people hungry for a little peace. They'll share anything they see, Samville. I appreciate you looking out for me, my friend. It's good business, I know, to keep each other alive. So, uh, I'll keep an ear out about these rope fists, eh? You just lay low, right? I gotta get back to my people. Unless you have anything else that's pressing and important to share. He, he nods and flips over the paper he was drawing a map on. And scribbles an address on there. Alright, I appreciate you looking out. If you're interested in seeing what it is that Ulrith is doing up there, I don't got the guts to break in, but that's the address of the place I keep seeing him coming in out of. Well, I don't know where you would get the idea that I would be as interested in a break-in or any other underhanded entry into a unauthorized premises as I would just knocking on the door. But I will take this information. And with that, he will pull it out of his hand, kind of walk to the door and turn around. And Zanville, don't forget that you're still to make it to the bank. Hopefully sometime in the next week, eh? Yeah. Just as soon as nobody's following me. Take care of yourself, Bricks. Be seeing ya. He just closes the door. And I will go back to the party... It eked me all the way out. I got the full body shivers. I got to shake off a little bit. Maybe hose myself down the hillbillies, like, central cabin there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to go back and uh, meet up with my group. Because could you remind me what, what time of day this is, Sam? Um, by now, it's not night, but it's, like, kind of after dinner. You know, getting on towards night. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to head back to my folks at, uh, I assume, the foundry. Yeah, that's where everybody was at the foundry when last we left. I believe uh, Vargas was unconscious after his um, surgery slash magic ritual. Yeah, he is out for the rest of the day. I think uh, Kira has spent the last hour trying to teach Asher fantasy sorry. It's called sorry... But when you say sorry, you're not really sorry. So it's like a fake, it, it's pretend sorry, you know? It's a strange and deceitful way to pass the time. No, that's why it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun lies. Those are contradictory terms to me. I'm not averse to fun, a little bit of mischief and tomfoolery, but when I say sorry, I mean what I say. Yeah, I thought you were going to have a tough time with this game. That's okay. And then eventually Brixby walks in. Brixby will uh, knock the door open and say, Unfortunately, I was not abducted to be given 
five hundred gold pieces. You were a but. <laughs> Sandville is still looking to sell our robot. Um, and then he will quickly fill in the group. Um, uh, he was followed when he left town. Uh, he believes it was the rope fists. He'll look to Kira because he, you know, as the local, you would likely be the person who would that would resonate with the most. Uh, and then uh, a local group of hitters. Uh, we may have just spent the evening uh, in the company of their boss. So he stashed the robot and says that he'll return to it later. Following that point, and he'll flip the paper over. He gave me an address. He told me that this was a suspicious site of activity for rope fists and the aforementioned proprietor. He encouraged us to check it out by uh, perhaps more dubious means. For my uh, my first roll of the game, on a knowledge local about the rope fist, Orange Creamsicle doing me right with a natural 20. Nice. For a total of a 25, do I know any like juicy hot deeds? I mean, you know the, the basics of the rope fist, that they um, do indeed work for Garmin Ulrith. Um, they're sort of engaged in the petty muscle game for the most part. There have been, let's say, some whispers lately, at least, that they're involved in something else, something outside of their normal racket, but nobody really knows any details. Yes, it's very curious timing that, well, Sanville may have been pursued by these. Their boss wanted the celebrity of uh, personages in his establishment. Could that have all been a distraction Rather than a way to gain business, I do not know. I don't think it's suspicious at all. He's been a bad guy for as long as I've known about him, or at least my parents told me not to talk to him, and also everybody else in town. Well, I uh, can't turn down a good opportunity for a little bit of larceny. So, um, I'm down to look into it another night. But it does seem imperative that we get back under the hill tomorrow morning. The torch is still out, so I don't know where else we can go. Unless, unless Sandville made it sound like going to this other place will help? Nah, it's, Sandville's always been hard to read. I, uh, mock him as a man that could get others to handle his dirty laundry, his problems for him. And, um, that's just, uh, another puppet string rather not have tied to me right now. I just don't see why this would take priority over our current mission. Now, will I agree that entering facilities with, uh, without our full personnel may not be wise, but does that mean we can't do any reconnaissance? At least see anything while Junk Punch is resting from his horrific and graphic undertaking? Um, Bricks will look up at Kira... Uh, big stuff? I mean, you don't have to twist my pudgy little arm to convince me to go sneaking about in the night. Sure. I mean, if it's in the warehouse district, I can probably find it for us, but we can't all go, and I don't think we should leave Vargas by himself, right? You're right. It's probably bad bedside manner. Um, I do agree that Probably one of you should stay here. I should definitely go. 
I have the ability to be invisible, to probably be very useful at this moment. I, for one, have spent most of the day toiling with my hands and wouldn't mind stretching my legs for a change. Well, I'm pretty bad at being quiet in every sense of the word, so I can stay here. Yeah, it seems like you missed some sports bedazzling that new sword. That's what I was trying to tell Asher. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't didn't see that there with your keen eyes. I was distracted by Vargas, you know, dying in a corner. Yeah, it's a fair one. Fair <laughs> one. I was wondering, if we put the metal arm in a bowl of water while he's sleeping, do you think... Oh, it's probably not even connected yet, right? Because it takes like 24 hours for the nerves and things. Anyway. Was it dirty? It, um, okay. You know what? You guys go. <laughs> I'll stay here. While we explore, Brixby, you'll have to tell me why it was that Sanville was trying to enlist you to clean his clothing. It's just my tiny little rat hands. I can just, you know, just really get him. Making some hand motions <laughs> really for the listeners him. that you guys can't see, but God, everybody else in the pod can. Still going. It's it's good hand clothes washing hand movements. <laughs> that is definitely what it looks like to wash clothes <laughs> with your hands. Yeah. It was foolish of him to think puppet strings would be enough to tie you up. <laughs> your, your abilities to escape merit far more restrictive measures. I am quite glad that Kira is watching the metal man. I can't think of better company. He just pats Asher's, I guess, back of his thigh, because uh, that's the back for rat people. And uh, this unlikely duo toddles on <laughs> into the night. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Why don't we get stealth checks to, um, Ooh, yeah. I assume, sneak up towards this address that Sandville gave you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to use it yet, but I have at least a couple of vanish spells I'm going to throw out this to be very invisible. That's pretty good. I'll take that. Um, 11 on the die plus my 11 gives me a 22. Well, also at 11 on the die, plus a 4 for 15. Okay, and by the, now it's getting um, rather dark. And, uh, you find this wooden warehouse, wooden building amongst all the other warehouses. Windows are all boarded over, and the doors are boarded up, um, all of them that you can see at least. And everything appears to just be locked down. There's not really any obvious signs of activity right now. But uh, why don't you both make me uh, fortitude saves? Oh, yeah. Um, is this against a spell, spell-like ability, or disease? It is not. All right. Not good, Sam. Um these new beautiful dice have been rolling so well for me that I just threw a four at that. That makes me a six. Big six for bricks. Very nice. Yeah, uh, first roll ever on these coffee bean dice I was gifted. A uh, natural five for a total of a ten. It's probably DC six, though. I think we both made it. So uh, for the first time uh, in his time in Torch, 
Asher starts getting a really bad headache. The kind of bad headache where he's going to take a minus one to all mental stat-based skill checks. And Brixby, your headache is its starting to get really intense. And mechanically, there's not a, a greater penalty for this, but it's it's starting to like border on debilitating how much your head mm. hurts. Man, if he only had some pesh. I'm sure that would just smooth this whole thing out. Kind of bummed I didn't build that into his character. Um, I will say, so, and I'm not trying to metagame or anything, but would we both notice an onset of intensity of our headaches, like, concurrently approaching this warehouse? Or is this... I mean, it did like, are we both just like, oh, at the same time? Or is it kind of like, this has just been moving on throughout the night? And it, it seems to pretty rapidly worsen as you get close to this building. Um, why don't you both give me uh, perception checks? It's a dirty 20 with my negative one, unless it's a high-tech or mechanical trap. Oh, uh, 17 with my minus one. Well, both of you, I think, noticed that there's a low hum in the air, and it's hard to hear, but you can almost feel it in your bones. And it's like the closer you are to this building, the more it just it feels like, it's almost like everything's vibrating. And that seems to really correspond with the headache getting worse. Asher, as we got close to this building, did you detect a hum? That just splitting your mind in two? Or did I drink too many of those jello shots back at the silver disc? Both may be accurate. You know, I've heard of people complaining about their headaches, but this is the first time the malady has affected me in such a way. It, it cannot be a coincidence that we draw closer to this location and feel pain in my case for the first time and your case worsening. Um, so, Sam, do we see in all of these boarded up windows any openings? Anything at all? Are they like perfectly airtight boarded or do we see something that like a crack, a knot? Anything? Um, well, how close are you getting and do you want to roll another perception check to inspect doors, windows, that sort of thing? Yeah, I'll um, I'll roll another perception check. Um, okay. Not as good. That is only a 14 after the negative one. With a 14, and it looks like they're all uh, boarded up pretty well, almost meticulously slow, so that you can't really see in at all. Uh, Brixby will turn to Asher and say, Now, I haven't done this yet, but... I'm pretty sure I can disappear. Um, at least for a short period of time. I think to make the most use of at least one of those instances would be to run up and observe what I can in this building. I don't see any cracks. Do you? He'll... I'll take a, a gander just for posterity. Uh, ooh, no. No, he doesn't with a total of a seven after that minus one. No, this 
building looks nigh impenetrable. Though I wonder how tall it is exactly. How, how tall is uh, this? It looks like it's a borderline two-story building. Um, so if it has a second floor, it's probably not like a full floor. Um, it's got a steepled roof. Um, so at, at the tallest, it's fairly tall. But I don't know, building heights off the top of my head. At the, at the lowest, though... From the top of the first story, like to the you have to ballpark it. Yeah, like if somebody were hypothetically to want to get on top of the roof, how high that would be from the ground? Probably about twelve feet. Oh, wonderful! I can sneak up, but if you have a better idea, perhaps more complimentary than better. Certainly, I. I don't have the, the knack of gaining entrance, per se, but as far as climbing and uh, you wouldn't know it from the evidence you've seen so far with my climbing ability, <laughs> but I, uh, I was a vertical leap champion in my youth. <laughs> That's canon now. I, I've got, you know, the kids in town said I had mad ups and I don't exactly know what that meant I've always had a rather pleasant disposition <laughs> but it's been said about me imagining a track and field meet where everyone's wearing your hat just <laughs> <laughs> Asher's wearing a jersey that says Asher mad ups Haley <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is going to be available in the merch store after we hit that Patreon goal. <laughs> I honestly, I'm confident that we can just sneak up there and maybe or maybe not alert them of our presence and then get into a fight, uh, possibly under level to end with half our party. But I'm, I'm into it. That's the type of reckless stuff that I like to do. So I might just sneak across, right? And see if I can find anything at ground level and sneak back real quick. I'm very small, very sneaky. If I don't see anything, and maybe you leap up there, I'm just worried that that might make a sound. More so than just, just looking through a little crack. If I can find one, that is. By all means. Would a knowledge engineering be at all helpful structurally to identify where we might be able to peek through or am I, am I overcomplicating things and we should just percept um it's probably just perception my perception's awful <laughs> oh you know what Brix is just going to take one second quickly cast detect magic and wave it on the side of the building did you see anything no no magic alrighty and with that I will throw the stealth check please be higher than a 10 all right, that's a 10, so that will make for a 21. Okay, and you're stealthing right up to the side of the building? I am, yeah. I'm going to try to see if I can find anything to look in, if I can hear anything more about the hum, if I can hear anybody talking inside. Pretty much rolling a perception check, I guess, while I'm up there. Not better than before. That would be a 14 after the negative one. Well, the hum is definitely 
still persistent. You can you can basically feel it in the walls uh, when if you touch the building. It's hard to say beyond that. And, and if you're listening very closely, it, it seems like maybe there is somebody moving in there. Probably. All right. Um, he will head back to Asher. Um, I got close. I couldn't find a another crack or a way to see in. Um, the hum is louder, but they just confirm something we already know. I guess we just want a way. Like, is there any additional information that we could take away from this at this moment? Um, besides, that would lead us to any other conclusion except for the fact that we need to come back here and figure out what's inside there. Um, I feel like any other further steps, we take a risk each time. I say that knowing I did right then. I won't I won't disagree with you that it's risky, but from what you told me, Sandville was seeing people coming in and out of this building, and as Caldera would have it, there doesn't appear to be anyone inside right now. I'd, I'd hate to squander that to at least to a bit more reconnaissance. I'm more than willing to take the risk of jumping up seeing if there's anything I can see at all from the roof a hole in the ceiling anything of that sort uh, an open entrance perhaps from a from a higher vantage point you're certainly welcome to get yourself to a safe distance should I draw undue attention to myself but now appears as fortunate a time as any to see if we can't get more information other than the fact that this building slaps. Did, did I get it right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, perfect. And you know, honestly, you're right. There is no time like the present. Fortune favors the bold. I'm sure I could come up with a variety of other adages that we can use to justify this. But let's just get to the fun part. Let's go spy on some people. I'll stay here. If you need help, I think uh, a rat in the shadows is worth two in the bush. Something like that. Anyway, jump on up. I'll have to remember that one. <laughs> and yeah, Asher will uh, spend a grip point to enact his uh, daring vault ability, giving him 20 feet to his land speed and allowing him to take a second jump adjacent to a wall, even if it's in a different direction. He's going to parkour up this building, and it's it's definitely not going to go poorly. It's going to be great. Here, the dice are going to tell the story. Let's do this. Uh, we're going to use the color scheming dice from Dice Envy. Uh, because of my land speed increase, I get a plus eight to my already existent plus six. For all you mathing at home, so I get a plus 14 to this roll of acrobatics for the first jump. Uh, that is a six on the die. <laughs> but but I get to do two jumps. That was move number one. And the acrobatics DC to get five feet up is 20 feet. So that gets him close. He's 6'3". That's 11 feet 3 inches to where his hand could reach the edge. Putting that dice away... Let's go to the mint chocolate crit. Counts as though I have a running start. 
because of my ability. Beat that, uh, so it's a 23 total. I could get up an additional five feet to where I should uh, be landing now. Feet on the top of this warehouse uh, where I assume I'm immediately electrocuted like in Jurassic Park and I'm going to get <laughs> flung off the building, take a whole lot of falling damage and die, but what a way to go. So just trying to work the image of this out in my head, Asher's basically getting a, a running start, jumping, kicking off the building and, and sort of double jumping again like he's Mega Man X. Yeah, I was thinking Samus, but we could go Mega Man for sure. Uh, jump, kick off, jump, land on the building because that that was a uh, yeah a more than enough to be able to get his feet up in the air. He's not hanging on anymore. That was a total of ten vertical feet. I was picturing uh, Mario sixty four, but <laughs> I don't know how we didn't go there first. That was weird to me. That's like the third <laughs> thing they teach you, but this is fine. Sorry, it's true. Uh, well, the good news is you do successfully jump up onto the roof of the warehouse. The bad news is that made an awful lot of noise. Doubt it. <laughs> it's probably a bird. A bird just thump, thump, and then a little bit of a scramble. So uh, Asher's on the roof, and uh, I'm going to say, Brixby, is there anything in particular you want to do right now? You have sort of a round where you can do something. Um. So, Brix is going to free action hiss up at Asher. Great jump, but it's kind of loud. And then he is going to ready to cast grease at anybody that he sees running towards us. And then, unbeknownst to you, let's see. some things are happening. All I right. like to think that. Bricks is just holding the material component of butter required for grease in his hand, and it's slowly starting to melt. Ready. <laughs> just dripping. All right, Asher, it's effectively your turn in this weird semi-combat that we might or might not be in now. Uh, you are on the roof. Uh, what does Asher see? You see a roof. Dope. <laughs> I really appreciate you painting a picture with words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you uh, know, it's the, the type of roof where it's um, steepled, kind of. I just have the suspicion you were, you're you looking at page, you know, 43, and it's like, if a character jumps onto the roof, uh, yeah. Uh, How on earth did you get the page number that close? I'm on page 42. Wow. <laughs> Sky metal. Monster. Actually, That's because he pre-reads all the adventures before we do them. Actually, so. the map is it's on a, page it's a pro move. Now that I look, yeah, there we are. So, um, Sky Metal, just for nailing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Well, you see, Asher secretly is one of the Iron Gods, so he had to pre-read in order to really get into character. That's the mystery, oh, man. Uh, wow. Uh, praise Caldea for that lucky guess. Uh, Asher will like to perceive to see based on his roof vantage point here uh, and I'll perceive I'll, I'll take my standard action to really try and see uh, anything look like I could look down below from the roof or are there any windows up here that aren't boarded can I see what's going on in this uh, humming house 
Yeah, we, I'm glad we put the perceptive one up here because of that minus one from the humming, uh, it's a 10. Seems like a, a nice view from here. You can see that warehouse where you guys had the robot stashed. Um, sounds like somebody's moving below you. That's about it. Okay. Uh, well, he has 50 feet of movement speed in his single move uh, <laughs> until that uh, wears off. Uh, it's the end of my turn. I feel slower. Back to 30 feet. Bummer. Uh, uh, he'll... He'll move around. Uh, you know, I'll roll a stealth. Because why not after kicking off the building now try and be responsible and see, can he sneak around on the top of the buildings, you know, 15 feet farther along, just continuing his search for a window or open hole or something. Uh, that's a 21 total on stealth. Okay, so... He's doing a better job sneaking around. Just moving around on the roof, it's, it's kind of tough going. Um, in that it's a, not really designed for people to walk on. There's no obvious openings. There is like a, there are a couple chimneys, like for fires, those are the only real openings. They're not like huge chimneys, they're like modest sized chimneys that probably couldn't fit down. Okay. <laughs> Did you not take a Santa archetype with your paladin? Or? Dude, don't spoil my level three. <laughs> Santa's a cavalier. I'm going to take that Oozmorph shifter so I could just sludge <laughs> down the chimney. Galarian Santa is way more horrifying if he is an Oozmorph shifter <laughs> for sure. <laughs> just an ooze of milk and cookies just rolling down. Uh, Man, so I don't see anything. Asher doesn't see anything. We're just... Uh, not yet. Or not so far. Anything you'd like to try, Brixby? Um, I think Brix is still just going to hold. Uh, he's got a couple of things racing through his head about, like, uh, what sort of lie can I say to get out of this? Um, say that it was a squirrel? Do I attack him? Do I leave? I can't leave him. All right. And he's just getting ready. Uh, that's it. Still just readying grease to cast on anybody that he would perceive as an enemy. All right. Well, the next instant, the double doors swing open as apparently it looks like the boards over the doors are just nailed to the door itself and not to the building. It's kind of a, a fake job. The door opens and out comes someone who looks like, well, they've got their fists all taped up. Should we see? Why am I clicking? Hey, that's Brixby. Hey, that's Brixby. me. That's so cute. Yeah, Brixby. Oh, okay. <laughs> My God, he looks just like Brixby. <laughs> yeah, there's a thug-like looking person with their fists wrapped up with ropes. Um, and then they run out of the building and say, who's there? Does that trigger your ready to action, Brixby? Not yet. They might go back inside. I'm I'm holding just to be because I'm pretty sure there's. Let me double check here. I'm pretty sure there's a verbal component. Yeah, I'm uh, not trying to cast the verbal spell and coat somebody in fantasy butter just yet. But he's going to be staring up at Asher, and then down at the person, and then up at Asher, and just kind of holding his breath. I'm gonna have the person make a perception check because by now it, it's pretty dark. Brixby, uh, you're not moving, but or you haven't moved this turn, but why don't you give me a stealth check? Happily. 
Ooh, that's a fun number. It looks like an 11, but it's a 17. So that is a 28. All right, so this person doesn't seem to have seen you. Uh, someone runs up behind them, so Brixby, from where you're standing, you can see a second rope fist in the warehouse, which does appear to be a warehouse from what you can see in there. All right. Um, and they don't appear to see Asher at this point? Uh, they don't appear to see Asher up on the roof. Ooh, all right. Well, um, there is a reality where this possibly pans out where they're just like, oh, it's just the fantasy squirrel, and then they go back inside. Um, so Brix is going to hold out for that possibility because not really trying to engage with an unknown number of combatants, if possible. All right, and um, Asher, how about you? Is it realistic that Asher would have heard them say, who's there? You know, being that he's, he's not that far away. Is the hum like deafening, or could he still have heard them? No, the, the hum is, is pretty quiet. It's more something that you feel, really, than even specifically hear. Um, so you definitely would have heard the person. Okay. Uh, having heard that, Asher is not going to move for the turn. Never knowing when that stealth check is going to go real bad. Uh, he will, however... Doing, doing this stealth roll to draw silently draw a pistol or can I just draw it assuming I'm not like let's shoot him <laughs> I think you can draw it quietly enough yeah then he will do that hoping to not have to fire but he's not going to, going to move at all he's just going to stay there the second rope fist is going to join the, the first and they're both going to make perception checks and uh, the two of them sort of pace back and forth in front of the place for several seconds and look around. And then they go back inside. And they close the door behind them. And you can hear a latching sound. I'm sure that Brixby and Asher exchange that like super tense, <laughs> very wide-eyed look at one another. Brixby makes a frantic come here motion with his hands. Um, Asher tries to tactically communicate. Now's not the time for laundry. Uh, <laughs> and will continue his exploration. <laughs> uh, on his turn, of course. Well, we're, uh, we're kind of out of turns now. Okay. Then, yeah, I mean, we're, we've got luck on our side. Right. We're, we're going to keep... Asher at least wants to slowly kind of walk along the roof and see if he can find anything while he's up there. I mean, he's only explored so much of this roof, but he'd like to continue searching for a way to see in or get in the building. If he works his way over to the left-hand side, there's a stairway outside that leads up to a second level or an approximate second level right under the roof line. The building's not a perfect rectangle out on that side. It kind of kicks out a little bit. Um, it's 10 feet wider towards the back of the building. There are doors at the top of the stairs leading both to the left and the right. And then along the side of the building, there's another single door. Everything's boarded up, or the computer's boarded up in place. Is there any part of the building or a direction that we can feel the hum stronger than any other part? Just out of curiosity. Um, if you're 
towards the back of the building, it does seem to be more intense. Yeah, if it looks like its roof's pretty solid and there's no no gaps, I mean, taking 20 on perception, which, spoilers, with my minus one is 19, uh, <laughs> uh, then yeah, that would be a successful roof exploration. With the hum louder in the back, though, uh, he would probably be really tempted to jump down the back and see if there's anything he could see in the back of the building from the outside ground level. Uh, why don't you make acrobatics and stealth checks to jump off if you're just jumping right off that roof? Yeah. Um, that sounds like the wisest course of action. I will stealth after him. Um, well, just as gracefully as he ascended with a total total of a seven stealth to get down. Um, but acrobatically, uh, well, that's great. It was a 25 acrobatics. So I don't know what he, where the noise came from. Maybe it was like a, yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think he lands and he does the sort of gymnast pose, spin around, gymnast pose facing the other judges. And then he shoots his gun off in the air <laughs> to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that Simpsons character every time he's excited. Yeah, that's that's a good mental cannon. Uh, well, that makes my rolling a nat one with a twelve for my stealth. Uh, not so bad there, Sam. Well, we have ourselves in, in a little bit of a weird position here. Asher's behind the building, on the ground. There's a single door right by him. And further along the wall is another set of double doors, like the ones that opened. And there is some sound of commotion inside the building. What are y'all going to do? Bricks is going to head towards the back of the building. He's going to swear under his breath. And uh, he's going to start stealthing towards where Asher is heading, where Asher is. Is there any kind of looks on the edge of the map that there might be, I don't know if that's tall grass or bushes or something kind of halfway along the building behind it that Asher could try and run in for some cover and hide in? Yeah, there's some some hedges. He'll do that. He'll go for the uh, the hedge hide. I think it's like a plus 35 to stealth circumstance bonus. It's been a little while since I looked it up. Nobody's laughing because they're all like, <laughs> he's going to die. And that, that's why I'm laughing. I just realized I couldn't see you at all when you asked about where the bushes are. I just, yeah, I am on the other side of the building. <laughs> all right, so that the sort of motion continues inside the building. And it looks like the, or it sounds like there's people heading towards you. And once again, let's moving up alongside side of the building yeah i'm kind of trying to stay against this side of the building so the building that would be to the west of this main building kind of trying to slink shadowy type and once again the set of double doors on the back of the building now swing open a couple rope fists emerge asher is hiding in the bushes about 10 feet away from the back door of this place I'm going to roll two perception checks. Why don't you roll me a stealth? Well, I'm going to go use that uh, page 43 sky metal. <laughs> that might be the right thing to do. We are going to entrust 
the portal dice with this roll. Please. Oh, so close to the 20, but it landed on a 2. That's that's hot. That's great. Um, But, so the... Let's see, the Sky Metal is a plus 30. Hedge is plus 35. That's true. That is Um, at least 65 there. uh, I got a plus 4 to my own stealth. And that's not mental. So I get to keep all of that. (laughs) Um, And you said it's dark. And they don't have dark vision. And so I'm pretty sure it's fine. Now, my total number was six plus the sky metal is that a plus four uh, yeah. so yeah it's a total of a ten so the rope fist on the right uh, goes in the bushes right there and he will step up towards Asher and the other one uh, will sort of flank out to the side and they will say what the hell are you doing here does Bricks hear this um, Are they shouting? Yeah, they're shouting, so Brixby. Asher will, will stand up and say, Ah, yes. You found me fair and square. I guess I lose that little game of hide-and-seek. You know, my friend here is a local. He's telling me of all these games. And I guess it was a poor idea to try and hide from such good and perceptive friends as you. Well met. Ah, uh, no harm intended, and but a child's game. Linus! Linus! I'm about ready to give up. Linus, where are you? Rick's people just stumble around the corner. Uh, I I don't know if I heard what Asher said, but this was still my plan. Not the, not the hide-and-seek gambit. I have another one. I'm pulling a different con. This is a continuation of the Ocean's Eleven theme two episodes ago. <laughs> Hasn't stopped. Wow. Uh, Linus, where are you? You'll stumble around the corner. Um, then seeing everybody. Oh, what's all this then? The two guys, uh, one of them, the one that's closer to Brixby, is going to sort of put a hand up over his face to and squint to try to see who it is that's talking to them in the dark. He goes, what the hell's going on here? Who are you? I'm looking for my friend. You see, we had a couple silver discs, silver disc silvers over at the silver disc. Anyway, he's got the hat just like the hat they give out on um on wheel days. Anyway, um, and Bricks is gonna throw a bluff at acting drunk as heck. All right. This is a, oh, that's a, that is still a mental stat, so it's going to take a one to it, but that's still, that's still a 23, Sam. This is one of my higher skills. The rope fist is going to look at the apparently drunk guy that he can't really see. Uh, <laughs> look over at Asher. So is it, it's true? You know this guy? Ah, uh, of course I do. He is my brother. Can't you see the resemblance? And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll toss a, a bluff at, at that. I mean, obviously, it's believable. So I, I think 
get a bonus. Uh, it's a 17, no, 16 with the minus one bluff. Wow. I was not expecting that to be a high number for some reason that it felt like it was going to be low. Uh, you said 16 on the bluff? Yeah. Uh, one of them goes, yeah, friggin' drunks. But then the other one uh, puts a, his hand on on that one's shoulder and goes like, hey, wait a second. This doesn't add up here. Hey, you! And he yells over to, to Brixby. Why don't you come over here where we can see you? Why don't you come over here where I can... You, all right? Yeah, just both of us. In him. Your other friend. Over here. In him too, Linus. Linus, bring your friends. Over here. Steadies himself against the wall a little bit. Rats actually can't vomit. Uh biologically they can only passively let out the stomach contents that they have so he's he's gonna passively <laughs> attempt to let out a little bit of stomach contents right there uh but at the very least they don't know they're not biologists he might give it a little gag they don't know that rats can't vomit i remember seeing james jacobs commenting on that on the forums like is that true with yasokis just like with common rats and he's like yep can't vomit so, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm going for that Galarian Oscar right now. I'm here for it. I will say one of these two is studying at uh, Torch Medical College for Yosoki surgery. <laughs> that rat is passively releasing his stomach contents. What's going on here? The other one's a vet who works exclusively with rats. So. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask if uh, Yasoki if that would be veterinary <laughs> veterinary sciences or if that would be anatomy. It's kind of a crossover, <laughs> and in Torch they kind of learn all of Valerian, really. I think the vets and the doctors, they work closely together. The doll major. Not making any money because it's all the spellcasters. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh... You know, it's a bummer, but we appreciate the service to the community. Uh, yeah, Asher will will droop his shoulders and say, All right, um, he's not my brother. Let's say, you're right, that's that's probably not what's adding up. Uh, yeah, we're really intoxicated. Why don't you roll me another bluff on that one? Sure. Want the little dragon co. D20 from our friends up north in Canada. That's a 22 bluff, including the minus one. Wow. 17 on the dice. Well, as you're saying this, um, these two rope fists seem to be kind of convinced. A third one emerges from the warehouse. And this one points over at, at Asher in the bushes and goes, That's that guy! He was, you know, at the silver disc yesterday with the, the guy who was going to toss his cookies everywhere. Get this guy, get these. Hi, it's me, Dawson <laughs> McCookies, currently. <laughs> Passively. Hey, is that rat folk throwing up? I didn't think <laughs> rat folks could throw up. What kind of game is this? Roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> if one of you actually is a vet, I've got a boil that I need someone to look at right now. Alright, you. Just. You drunks. You need to get the hell out of here and keep your noses out of what they don't belong in. 
That's the first thing you've said that makes sense to me. Might be the way you said it. Anyway, Linus, I think we've paid enough homage to old Caden Kyleen. Let's get a little bit more snake juice before we pass out, eh? Uh, yes. Snake juice goes well with those cookies if you haven't tossed them all. And then Asher will try and stumble away. Uh, can I get a bluff for how effective your drunk walk is? Oh, sure. Uh, 18 total, not not as effective as before, but... Your drunk walk has, has passed their sense motives. So, uh, <laughs> as you go, the, the one who seems to be a little bit less dumb than the other two... Uh, Linus and rat cookies, don't let us see you around here again. You know what's good for you. Next time you won't get off so easy. I've been drinking snack juice at your boss's establishment for 22 hours, so I don't know what's good for me. <laughs> it just stumbles away with Asher. He'll tip his hat. <laughs> the ropists go back inside and lock the door behind them. Episode 19, everybody. <laughs> you see, he's called a rumspringer. Yeah. <laughs> that one's for our Amish audience. Uh, don't know Which I'm sure know. there are many, <laughs> just logistically speaking. Uh, so we're going to do a smash cut over to the foundry where Kira is hanging out with an unconscious Vargas. So what does that look like? <laughs> Singing to herself and bedazzling her sword. She's having a great time and knows none of this is happening. So you had the perfect opportunity yeah, okay. to say she was bedazzling Vargas. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. His arm. You wouldn't uh, that's, know. That's you would just point. be like, yeah, man, when you slam that on there and passed out, it was weird. You insisted on getting those on there right before you went down. Okay, well, you didn't let me finish my sentence. He would not stop you. So just re-bedazzling the mist spots on the sword, and then she'll break out the unicorn sticker specifically for Vargas, because I think by this time they've established kind of a friendship. You know, there's there's a rapport there, and she doesn't want to... She sees him as more than a weapon, you know? So uh, these stickers are few and far between. She will have to go back either to Joanne or Michael to replenish the stock, but it feels worth it. It feels worth it, Sam. It's big. It's a real bonding moment, I think. <laughs> the unicorn sticker. So I like that Vargas is apparently the iron giant now. <laughs> you are not a gun. <laughs> and now our um, intrepid fake drunken raiding party, I think, returns at this point to the foundry. You know, Asha. In that entire walk back, after watching you take that fantastic leap, I couldn't come up with one jump-the-gun joke. Not one. And then we walk in through the door. Hi. Did you find anything? I found this headache that's been going around. Got in some good calisthenics, surveyed the city from a bit higher up in the air, and uh, also had to pretend to be drunk so as not to be murdered by rope fists. But the good news is... All it cost me was a grid point. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, good. Good. Are you okay? Wait, how do you have a headache now? Also, rope fists and jumping. Can you just um fill in some of those in-between details? Because I feel foggy. 
Yes, I understand that could be a side effect of this malady I now am subject to myself. Uh, and Asher will fill her in on the events that happen. Oh. For our second 15-minute summary of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, nothing happened here. Uh, I'm glad you guys are okay. Seems Sandville was right to be suspicious of what's going on there. I can't think of a good reason why a building would hum and cause people physical pain. And certainly those gentlemen that we saw were not welcoming to visitors. We're rather eager to not see us again. Yeah, I would say the general caginess, uh, in addition to the unsettling hum, uh, has led us to deduce that we need to get to that building sometime soon. Uh, we do think that's where the headaches are coming from. But unlike going under the mountain, we might be able to get help with this one if we need it outside of our group. Um, even if we just mention it, our suspicions to someone in the town, we might be able to get some assistance if we want to draw that type of attention, that is. There's just no reason for us to be law and order here, necessarily. I'm interested, but I'm not suicidal, despite the events of the past couple days. If you guys are right, that building is making a lot of people sick, and I think that's enough. We don't have to tell her everything, but we can tell Dolga at least that, right? Yes, that would be the prudent thing to do for the community. While we are not responsible for enforcing any laws, we could certainly make it known and let the council do with that as they will. Uh, we said it's like late evening, early evening, not night. Maybe we should tell her now. If we can fix this tonight, I think we should. And then we can still go back under the hill tomorrow and fix the torch. And then, and then everything goes back to normal. Um, well, uh, you would know better than I. It's the word of... I guess two sort of heroes against their local businessmen. We could try. I have no problem. I'm not tired. I would like this headache to go away. And I think we need to do it with allies. I, I think Tolga will listen if we tell her there's something wrong with that place. Um, you or you and Asha could go. I can stay with Vargas this time around. My head's really starting to hurt. Very well. We've seemed to be making a, a habit of sorts of finding people in the middle of the night. Although at least this time we're doing it for the betterment of other than our own financial gain. If you think it's prudent to tell her in the evening rather than wait until the morning, Kira, I'll accompany you. I don't know if it's prudent, but I want to fix this. Well. Let's go, and you can try again to explain that game to me. It's super easy. I promise you're going to love it once you get over the lying part. I got some practice tonight. Uh, perhaps I'm coming around. Heading over to the uh, town hall, I guess. It's a Dolga's in her office as she never, ever seems to leave. She's about the only one in the building at this point. Uh, she yawns when, when you all come in and... What can I do for you at this hour? Hi, Tolga. Sorry, it's late. My friends found um, a building that sings, and they think it's making people sick. She'll, like, nudge Asher. Tell her the other part. This headache, this dreadful headache that I avoided for a few days as I was taking a stroll throughout the warehouse district to stretch my legs, I came across a warehouse as I approached it with my companion, it became apparent that something about this area, this perhaps even the source of the headaches 
themselves emanate from the structure. The buildings seem to vibrate, hum. Interesting, but unpleasant. And while my intentions were merely to explore and and see, there there have been some anonymous tips that, that came our way that some of the perhaps less savory denizens of Torch, the the rope fists had been coming in and out of the structure, and so that that was sort of the impetus of our journey. And well, they were none too pleased with our meddling in their affairs, said they didn't want to see us around anymore when we got their attention as to our presence. That's very interesting indeed. The source of all the headaches could be right under our noses, you say. I couldn't tell if it was underground or contained within that structure, so that Depending on a person's height, maybe at, under, or above nose level, but it is worth investigating. We simply, you know, as far from official law enforcement in town, thought it would be appropriate to let you know our suspicions based on the evidence obtained in its proximity. I do believe we should pay this, this warehouse a visit. You were right in bringing this to me. She sort of thinks... And then, um, after a moment, she says, uh, well, if they've already seen you tonight, uh, perhaps they're, they're going to be on their guard. Perhaps we should wait until morning. If you're willing, I'd, I'd, I'd like to come with you. Be honored. Such a esteemed and capable adventurer as yourself. And is also one of authority. Well, it's been quite some time since I've had to swing my hammer, but I believe my arm still has a, a few good licks in it. We'll send a couple people over to... Uh, watch the address tonight just to to make sure they don't pack up their operation. We'll strike out at first light. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. You're wise to keep an eye on them in the evening. And yes, we should uh, we'll meet here, perhaps at first light, and embark together. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you all. I will uh, see you in the morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, uh, just a sense motive. More from the player, possibly, but but really, this whole thing. I think even Asher with his headache. I'm gonna also do that. I don't know that Kira would be curious, but Izzy is. Hmm. Thanks, headache. Thirteen total. (laughs) Nineteen total. Uh, To both of you, she seems to be on the up and up. Uh, She genuinely wants to come with you, and she seems to be well, kind of thankful that the that you may have cracked open the the headaches mystery. Kind of like the wheels are turning, like she's got a lot she's got to think about right now with this bit of information. Well, hopefully Vargas will be able to join us. I'd hate for him to have to miss out on two episodes. Let's get back to the foundry then and get some rest. You know that it is partially a tavern with rooms. I can't stress the inappropriateness of sleeping in someone's home or place of business when they've offered their rooms to us. Thank you, Doga. <laughs> and he'll... You're walking back towards the, the foundry, hoping to convince companions to sleep in the beds that are for customers. But we already made everything else really nice. We left them a note. And I think as our um, third party split of the episode comes to an end, <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> it's the pause. <laughs> Good night, night, Sam. Good night, Sam. <laughs> I would say good night, but I'm still passed out in the uh, forge. 
<sighs> and then cue theme music. property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. I think if we just kind of focus on a solid 10 to 15 minute intro before we start playing, that's how we retain users, listeners, users, <laughs> all users. of those guys. I like that as a backup to scrappers. <laughs> Custom. <Hello>, customers. <laughs> Paying customers. Paying us with their ear time. Love that sweet, sweet ear time. Yeah. It's a currency somewhere. <laughs> Something about that sentence just sounded oh, nasty. It, it sounds real gross. And <laughs> oh, we could wax on about that uh, no. all night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just the daddest of jokes. No. Nope. So, welcome to Pot Against the Machine, where everything is potty horror. <laughs> <laughs> nice.